You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Ding dilly dong. The Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. Joining me today is Jordan Blackwell, and we're going to be reflecting on. The battling draw at Brighton and Hove Albion at the weekend and uh, previewing tomorrow night's Caribou Cup clash with Southampton as well. Um, Jordan, welcome. Thank Thank to starters. It was a long old day, wasn't it, in Brighton? Yes, it was, yep. Uh, but they did come back with something uh, yes. when it didn't look like that was going to be the case at half-time because I think, fair to say, in that first half, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. The only, the only bonus was they were only a goal behind. Yeah, I think, that, you know, looking at it coming... In at half time, I can't really remember City being in such a, a dire situation this season without their most creative player on the pitch. You know, they had a couple of injuries, so Vardy wasn't even on the pitch. Uh, they'd they'd done very little in the first half to suggest that they could come back. But then we saw in the second half that that fighting spirit that we've that we've come to know from uh, from City, and they um they deservedly got a point. I thought. Yeah, you turned to me midway through the second half. You said, "You know what?" I said. Can't uh, I can't uh, identify which side have got ten men and which ones have got eleven at the moment? Exactly, City yeah. were um, they, they really were the effort, the intensity of their of their play in the second half was much more um, what we're accustomed to uh, with Leicester City, and it was certainly a little bit of a throwback to 2016, wasn't it? The, yeah. Especially when Vardy came on, he had Vardy and Shinji Okazaki in behind, and Michael Brighton working relentlessly down the right flank as well. It just had that feel of the old Leicester DNA coming yeah, to the fore. Yeah. I know Puel's changing the team a lot in terms of the, the um, system and the style of play, but that first half just looked seemed, seemed so slow, ponderous, predictable, um, and it was so easy for Brighton really. To, I mean, I know they had, had a, a chance very early on with Shinji Okazaki was played in and went down, um, but after that, there was no intensity to City's play, was there? No, and I think it's something that's been a, a theme for this season. I think other than the the Arsenal game, which you know they had that that first half, which was probably their best half of football all season. But other than that, the first halves have generally been a, a little bit ponderous. I was having a, a look over the weekend and at where Leicester would sit in the table if just first halves counted or just second halves counted. In the first half table, they're 15th. Second half table, they're 4th. Mm-hmm. So it shows you the difference and how, you know, how much better they do perform after the break. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's certainly the positive side of it. I think it's clear where the problems lie and that's those first few minutes uh, and, and, and trying to trying to build up some tempo. Well, before the game, it was a little bit of controversy uh, about the selection. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, we knew he had a groin problem because Claude told us on Thursday that there was a problem, but he was hopeful that he was going to be fit. Uh, he trained for the first time on Thursday, trained again on Friday. Um, I was told that he was uh, going to be fit, uh, and he was fit, but he was not fit enough to start the game. Mm. I thought that was really brave, bold move from Puel, really, because he's opened himself up for criticism, leaving out his talisman number nine. Yeah, I think it. I think it's. He's it, quite stubborn in his team selection. I think. I think he. He begins to prepare for a game at the start of a week, and if there's a player not fit, then he's going to plan for the game without them. So because Vardy didn't return to training until Thursday, I think he he thought, well, okay, well, I'm going to start training for this game and start building for this game 
with Madison and Nakazaki working together. Um, and I think there's a there's a sense that unless you are fully fit, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna play under Powell. But then I would say that was probably one of Vardy's best performances of the season, even if he was only half fit. So um, yeah, yeah it certainly got him fired up, didn't he? Yeah, really come on, yeah. it was like the Vardy we'd seen of old. He was harassing the defenders. I loved that little moment where he'd taken a heavy clatter in on the one side of the pitch from uh, well, I think it was Dunk, and then got his revenge with a shoulder barge on the yeah. opposite yeah. side of it. That just um, lifted everybody. I thought his his injection into the game just uh, changed City in, in terms of their mentality, the way he led from the front in, in many respects. Yeah. Um, what did you make of Shinji Okazaki's inclusion as well and his performance? Um, it, I thought, well, I was quite surprised by his inclusion given that Iheanacho was there. I think the, the obvious choice, if with, with Vardy not fully fit, would have been to play Iheanacho ahead of Madison. Mm. Um, I don't think Okazaki suited to that to that striker and yet role. he's always said he prefers to be yeah, the main I know, striker, yeah. the one on the end of things, getting in the box, playing in the, in the number nine role. But I agree with you. I thought when he dropped back, I didn't think he offered too much for City in the number nine role, but when he dropped behind Vardy, I thought we saw the Shinji of old buzzing around, playing in that little hole, working hard. Um, it was the old Okazaki. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's unfortunate for him that the person that was there to support him most was sent off after half an hour. And then there was a half an hour period where really he was playing as a lone striker. Yeah. I think Albrighton clipped a, a couple of lovely balls over the top that just deceived the defence, which would have been perfect for Vardy. But Okazaki isn't going mm. to reach those. So, um, it, yeah, disappointing for him. But I think, yes, when he, when he dropped back into his usual role, all of a sudden it was like there was a different player on the pitch. Um, and uh, yeah, we saw that combo again, that combo that we've... we've we like so much that we saw back in 2016. What about Wilfred Nididi then? Because that was the first Premier League game where he's been left on the bench. He started every other one he's been involved in. Um, he's only a young lad though, still, isn't it? Surprising how much football he's actually played in his time with City. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's almost become indispensable. I think even as soon as he came in, he, he had a couple of good games to start with, and then, it's, then it was thought, okay, well, Leicester can't play without this with this lad. Um, so. Yes, surprised slightly to see him on the bench. He hasn't been in the greatest of form, though. No, I and I think that I think that's the thing. I think there was a, a lot of fans were saying before the game that him and and Didi and Mendy are slightly similar, and they're, they're both they're both defensive minded, and lots of fans were calling for Ibora to come in. Um, and to be honest, I think if you had to assess their season so far, you would say Mendy's had a better season mm. than Didi. But then Didi comes on after half hour uh, with Ibora injured and. He played as well as he has done this season. I, I, I think he um, made five tackles, three interceptions. I think it was only he only played two backward passes. All of, the, all of his other passes were forward. Um, so I think he sort of shrugged off that defensive notion. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was a really good game, and I think it was a performance that said, "I don't really want to be on the bench." Mm. Well, Abora came in; it was his chance. But even before his injuries, unfortunate mm. injury, I, I thought he was a little bit slow out the yeah. box, wasn't he? He's, some of his passing was a bit erratic. Uh, he was getting caught on the ball a couple of times. Yeah. He, he didn't look up to the pace. No, he didn't. No, I think that Brighton's best chance in the first half, other than the goal, was was the chance for Kyle, where where Bora was robbed, um, fairly close to City's goal. And I think that was a that was a theme for for his half an hour. I think he just yeah he didn't didn't look quite on the pace. Now City have certainly improved in terms of uh, set pieces, haven't they? Both yeah. in an attacking sense and defensively. But it was a set piece that uh, led to Glenn Murray's opener, and uh, it was a pretty basic one, wasn't it? Just beat the man at the near post, and he got a run on Evans and headed it past Schmeichel. Yeah, it didn't seem, it wasn't a, a, 
a set piece routine that Brighton had worked on seemingly it was just a simple ball and I think you've got to be wary of people like Murray because he's not got the he's not got the pace to to be a a a threat but he does have intelligent movement that's where he gets his goals and all it was was a, a simple run to the front post and I think that's a, a shame for City that that he's been able to do that so easily um Obviously, City were marking zonally, which I know some people don't appreciate. I know there's a big debate there. People say you should be man-marking, that's easier. But I think over the course of this season, City have done okay from set-pieces. Certainly better than last season when they felt like they were hopeless for, mm. for most of the campaign. Um, but yeah, but knowing that how good Brighton are at set-pieces... I'd like to have seen maybe a, a change in, in tactics to, to try and deal with that specifically, whereas it felt like City were just using their old defensive set-piece tactics um, and they got caught out. Well, let's talk about the, the big talking point of the game, James Madison's two yellow cards inside mm. three minutes, and I think he's pretty unanimous on the bench, although I didn't have a particularly good view of it where we were, because the press bench at Brighton is quite near to the, to the pitch, and there were some fans right in front of us as well. And it was chucking down with rain as well, so we were cuddled under, trying to keep our laptops dry under bibs that the uh, stewards had given us. And uh, so I didn't have a great view at the time, but the consensus around us was that it was quite yeah. clearly a dive for the second yellow. And you have to say for the first booking as well, it was a pretty cynical yeah. trip as well. No complaints whatsoever. No, no complaints. No, I think that's a, you know, it's a, it's a shame that he. Well, I, I suppose it's a shame, but also it's, it's silly on his part that he would even think to do that when he was on a yellow card. Um, you know, a pretty embarrassing attempt at, at winning a penalty, uh, and I think even Leicester fans, most Leicester fans, will admit that. Um, so hopefully he's he's learnt from that because it was a it was a, a silly thing to do, um, and indicative of a lot of the the red cards that City have received. I think we we saw that the, they've now received nine under club well, and the the second most that a team has received in that period is four, mm. which is such a big difference. But it's not. A, it's not that Leicester are a dirty team. Um, it's just Except for the Vardy tackle, yeah, which he won the ball, but yeah, it was deemed as dangerous. Yeah, it was dangerous, yeah. Um, the other ones, I mean, the, the bookings that Morgan picked up for his two red cards, I mean, neither here nor there, were they? No, they were. I think a lot of the time it's been. I think certainly the, the Morgan sending off at Bournemouth, there wasn't really anything in that. I think he was probably unfortunate, although you could say that Maguire was possibly fortunate to stay on the pitch in that game. Mm. Bookings at Everton, I think you could you could see it coming. Maybe I think he w- Richarlison was starting to get the better of him. Although the red card, the the yellow card that led to the red card, probably wasn't uh, probably wasn't a foul. Um, but it just seems that uh, that Leicester are making silly decisions um, when they're on yellow cards. And I think that's if there's anything that needs to change, it's that I think they need to be told. Um, and Puel kind of admitted that he does need to to approach it and. And maybe come up with a solution. Um, yeah, they need to be told to be a, a little bit smarter. And if they are on a yellow card, maybe adjust their game. That's the that seems to be the problem. That players are picking up bookings, and they're not changing their game at all. They're just carrying on as usual. Uh, and then five ten minutes down the line, they're they're getting another yellow card. Well, I spoke to Wes Morgan after the game about the disciplinary record, which isn't great. Even though, as we both agree, they're not a dirty team whatsoever. Uh, and he wants talks with referees uh, to clarify what is and what isn't a booking. Now, I agree with him a little bit here that there is so much inconsistency over yeah. what is given as a booking and what's given as a foul sometimes. The same challenge 
can get a book in, and then five minutes later, exactly the same challenge, we, we won't even get a free kick. So there has to be some sort of clarity, doesn't there, on, on, on what referees are going And I know it's hard to get consistency because they're all individual human beings and they don't all see the things from game to game the same way, but um, it, it must be frustrating for the players. Yeah, I think that what they would want is, is consistency in, in the same game. I think, it, like you say, because they are, because referees are different, it's quite difficult to get consistency across all of the officials. But yes, consistency in the same game is, is what you would like to see. Um, and yeah, I understand Morgan's, uh, Morgan's reasoning. I think, obviously, he's particularly frustrated. He, I know he was certainly frustrated after he, he received that red card against Everton. Um, that he feels, you know, he's he's making perfectly good tackles, and but he, he's being punished for it. So I can understand his frustration, but I, I can't see any talks with referees going ahead. I know referees try and keep themselves to themselves. I know there's been a lot of talk about maybe referees fronting up at the end of games and explaining decisions, but that's never materialised, and, and I can't see there being any talks between referees and players. Well, I think as well. Unfortunately, Morgan might have to just get used to this because yeah. I think this is the worst bunch of officials we've had in the Premier League. <laughs> Certainly, in my time covering Leicester City, I, you don't have any confidence with many of the names that you see on the team sheet um, on a match day that this referee is going to have a good game. And, and normally, it's the referees that you don't talk about. I have to say though, Kevin got the big decisions. Really yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, the only the one that we we noticed that and it was highlighted on the match of the day was the offside uh, when the uh, Brighton lad went through and skipped past. Schmeichel and um, he was given offside and he was onside. Yeah, Ricardo was playing him on. Yeah, yeah he was onside. So, but besides that, I think the big decisions got. But it's those little individual decisions that I mean, we talk about Madison's first booking being cynical and it was this thoroughly deserved a yellow. But there was an, uh, a pullback on uh, I think it was Ricardo uh, in the first half as well, which didn't get a yellow. So you know, it's that I can see where Morgan's coming from. What about Madison now? Um, Michael Bryan, I had to chat with him and he said, look, he'll learn from this. He'll learn from this, and he has to learn a valuable lesson from this. I was listening to a radio phone-in show this morning, and uh, a lot of people, I think he's a little bit over the top, talking about further punishment for him. He's come out and apologised publicly, yeah. uh, but uh, talking about further punishment, talking about bans for, 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 for divers like this, where do you stand on that? Um, I, I, I'm quite lenient, I think, on, on diving. I don't, I don't like it. I think it's, you know, it's you know, deception, trying to con the referee. But I don't think it needs a, a longer ban. Um, I think, you know, because you're not endangering an opponent. I think a, a studs up tackle to someone's ankle or someone's knee is a lot worse. Um, and they're the sorts of things that deserve lengthier bans because you're, you're potentially injuring a player. Mm. A dime's not going to do that. It's, yes, it's, uh, it's a bit desperate and, um, you know, it, it is deception. But it. I don't think it deserves any more than a than a one game ban if if it is if it does lead to a red card like Madison's did. Well, Madison's now suspended for the Caribou Cup game against Southampton uh, Tuesday night, and there's a number of players yeah. out injured as well. Vicente Bora saw him hobbling through. Thankfully, he wasn't on crutches, so it can't be that serious. We hope, but he's definitely going to be missing that game. Um, expect Maguire still going to be missing. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, Danny Amate is going to be out for several months. Now suddenly the squad's not looking as uh, you know, as packed as it was before when no, players no. couldn't even get in the squad. Yeah, and I think that ideally Puel would probably like to rotate a little bit because we've got so many games coming up in a short space of time. This Christmas period is always the, the busiest in the league. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a week where nobody else is playing because obviously this game was originally postponed because it was supposed to be pay, uh, played uh, the week after the, the helicopter crash. Um, so... 
yes, he ideally he would like to rotate, but he he, do, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have enough options. I think we'll see the likes of Suyunju. I think he'll play. Uh, he's been on the bench for the past few games and obviously made his debut against um, West Ham last month. Um, but beyond that, I don't think we'll see too many changes from the norm. Maybe Chowdhury will get a game. Maybe Adrian Silver as well. Um, maybe Christian we'll, Fuchs. Oh, Christian Fuchs. Yes, yeah, I he'll think. come in at left back because I think yeah. Ben needs a, a rest. He's played a lot of football. With yes, him he has as yeah. well. So he'll probably get a rest. Uh, Danny Simpson. Can we see Danny Simpson getting the game? Um, I think potentially. Yes, Marty being out. Yeah, and now. I think yeah, and Ricardo. Don't wrap him up. Yeah, Ricardo's the main man at right back for the foreseeable future. So yeah, maybe he'll get he'll get a rest. Um, Obviously, we'll expect to see Danny Ward in goal as well. Yeah. Uh, he's played pretty well in the the, uh, the previous ties. But yeah, there's not there's not many options for for Puel. I'll tell you where the worrying area is for me is that in that top four, yeah. uh, you've got um, Jamie Vardy who's obviously carrying this groin injury, uh, which is Paul has told us about, and then you've got um, Gazelle out as well, injured. He's gonna have to go with the lads that are playing regularly now, isn't he? Albrighton, Gray, Okazaki, Inacho. Yeah, there's only really. Senior Del Barty might get a, a sniff, but we haven't yeah, seen I, much this I think, I think that's the the one. I think we'll see maybe Diabate on the bench. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's really just a, a group of five that could potentially play mm. in those front four positions. Um, and given Vardy's fitness or, or lack of, I think he may be the one that's that's rested for the time being. But then you wouldn't really expect. Shinji Okazaki to play so many games in a short space of time. He's one of those players that, you know, there was the, the famous thing about Shinji never lasting more than 60 minutes during the title winning season. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be, certainly for the likes of all Bryson and Gray, there's going to be a lot of football over the next few weeks. What about the under 23s? Could he dip in there? I mean, you see the under 23s quite regularly. Um, I, I think the only problem with the under 23s is that the, the standout players are the defensive players, I would say. Um, so the likes of uh, Josh Knight, Darnell Johnson, um, they're the ones that that have stood out and you think could possibly make the step up. The only other one is, is Leighton and Dukwu, who I would say was probably the best player best player for the under-23s this season. But he's been injured um, and I don't think he's due to return to fitness um, for a couple more weeks yet. So while this would have been a great chance to have him maybe on the bench, uh, uh, he's not available either. Um, and thinking about it, I, I think it would be a risk to... To put any of the other lads uh, in for the Carabao Cup game, given that it's a competition, Leicester might actually win, and they would, they would certainly like to win. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, trophies are the best way of paying respects to uh, Kung Fu Chai at the end of the season, isn't it? By lifting yeah. a trophy, and uh, I know that is the goal from the players. They've uh, certainly been quite open about that. Um, winning a piece of silverware would certainly cap a, what has been a traumatic start to this season. But uh, um, you can follow Jordan's live vlog during the game tomorrow uh, after uh, tomorrow evening. Sorry, at the King Power Stadium, and we'll bring you all the reaction as well, and all the stories building up to this game uh, in the Caribou Cup on Leicestershire Live. I'm going to send this to.